Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock direct thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Tierney Steele from The Mash Minute. And I'm Megan Coleman, also from The Mash Minute. I don't think we included the the. That felt really awkward to say, and I apologize That's why I said the. (laughs) I was like, the Mash Minute. I'm sorry. You know, to differentiate from all the other MASH minutes on the 1970 Robert Altman film that have suddenly sprung up. (laughs) Good point. I don't know that we've mentioned that yet on this guest host appearance, but we talked about the movie by Robert Altman. Well, we talked a lot about the television show, too. Yeah, let's be be fair. Yes. That's not what we're here for today. Today we're going to talk about Minute 107 of North by Northwest, which begins with an inappropriately covered for a dead body body being loaded into a wagon. Into a station wagon. It's acting as a hearse. We're gonna, we got to talk some more about this car. And it ends with... Uh, oh, yes. The last line I had written down is, uh, I asked They're the in the woods. if I could see you again. And then I wrote sobbing emoji in my notes. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's like a rendezvous in the woods. I called this minute the trees of truthfulness. Ooh, I like that. First, we have to bid. But is it truthfulness? I don't know. The trees of Ooh. truthfulness. It's coming out. This whole scene. It's going to be so good. But first, we need to bid adieu to Mount Rushmore. Listeners, don't you worry. You've got more Mount Rushmore in your future. But this, Megan, is our last glimpse of those four faces watching this scene unfold. It's going to be okay, guys. Yeah, I don't really have any feelings about Mount Rushmore. I just thought, you know, we should mention it. (laughs) One thing that I am so embarrassed I did not realize until I read it on the IMDb trivia. And it's infuriating because once you know it, it's super obvious. It's within this minute, guys. Cary Grant's body is loaded into a hatchback door. The whole door opens up. Less than a minute later, less than 30 seconds later, when Carrie Grant gets out of the back of the station wagon, it is a door where the bottom part folds down and the window part folds up. So it's more like a trunk. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different door. Literally, this car drives out of the scene, drives into the next scene. This car went back. This car went to the Chevy plant and got a reboot, (laughs) got some new bits to it, and uh, (laughs) went to the repair shop. And uh, it's it's. uh, Oh my gosh! Why did I not notice that? How did we not notice? Do you know how many times times I watched this movie and I never noticed? I first saw this movie when I was like 10. I have never noticed that before. But I would like to thank whoever added that to the IMDb trivia. And I would also like to thank whoever added the trivia about this forest of trees, these trees of the forest, this beautiful forest that is a lie. It's a soundstage. And I would know it was a soundstage because I read all about them planning 100 ponderosa pines on a soundstage (laughs) rather than go to South Dakota. That's so Hitchcock. The best part is (laughs) that when the car drives into the scene and there's not a lot of movement in this scene other than the car driving up, the trees wobble. The ones that are really close to it. When it first enters the scene, they're literally swaying in the air quotes breeze of this car going by. Another thing that I did not notice and now will never not notice. Oops. 
the only other note I had before we were in the woods with a dead body was as they pan across, or as the professor's getting into the car, I guess there's a pan. There is a woman in a plaid coat that I just kind of want because it's, well, it's fabulous. I mean, this we have just a little bit more fashion in these scenes at Mount Rushmore. The man is in a very unfortunate... Uh, I'm guessing Eisenhower oh, jacket. Yes, but it, it's not an army jacket. It's though. like shiny. But, no, but it's it's oh, it's like plaid, but that kind of plaid where it's like if it hits the sunlight, it looks plaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like checkered, checkered, shiny, shiny, fitted, oh. elastic Eisenhower jacket. Not a good look. And what I love is the jacket is just a slightly darker beige than the khaki pants. It's bad. Yeah, it's like a good two or three shat- shades. Shats. Not- <laughs> See? See, you're so upset. You're so upset you can't even do it. I can't. I can't do it. But the woman's jacket. I mean, she's, you know, slightly older. She's got the hairstyle of my grandmother. Uh, she's just wearing yeah. gray pants. Nothing very specific about it. And uh, it's a very, you know, boxy jacket. But man, it just maybe it's that she's standing next to this gorgeous Hunter Green station wagon with it. Hi, Chevy. What's up? With its cool <laughs> siren on the top in the front that looks like something and from it's got the, the Apollo mission. Yeah. This is a perfect late 50s car. And she looks right at home in this scene. And it made me really happy. And then I got even more happy because, as I said, I had been fooled by this ruse. And now a car is driving past swaying pine trees and it's stopping abruptly and the professor's getting out. And I'm like, what the hey? And what a pleasant surprise to find out that Cary Grant is fine. Ta-da! It was all a ruse. And what an even more pleasant surprise to have the camera, I'm guessing Dolly back, I'd have to see. Oh, and I guess technically we were seeing Mount Rushmore because they're peeking through the pines. But right. who could focus yeah, really on only- that when it yeah. the camera pulls back to reveal perfectly framed. God, I hope someone got a bonus for this shot. <laughs> Eve next to her car. Yeah, it like pans out and over and then, oh, who is that? With also a, I bet you that's a Chevy too. Only hers is a convertible. And then we get a scene that I absolutely think inspired from, uh, I know, I know what they say the inspiration is, but I think this is all of a kind. In the movie Sleepless in Seattle, infamously, Rosie O'Donnell and Meg Ryan are discussing an affair to remember. And the scene where she says, and all I could say was, hello. And I know that they specifically reference that movie. That movie is what it's based on, blah, blah, blah. You can't watch this minute and not tell me this is of the same ilk, of the same genre, of the same, the sexual tension floating around this forest is going to kill (laughs) you. I know they're probably a good, I mean, they're probably a good, what, like six, 10, 12 feet apart. And yet there's still all that tension. Not to make this podcast not evergreen, but Megan, we are in the era where people are very obsessed with being six feet apart. And this is way yes. more. This is like 12 feet apart. 20 Which is feet maybe apart. what we're supposed to be doing anyway. So like, they're all, they're all set. They're good. They're, but the... the they're not going to let some trees get in the way of their, hey, honey. Hey. God, the wishes. I asked the professor if I could see you again. Ah, all right. Like, what is he a matchmaker? Oh, we'll get we'll get into it this week. Okay, kind of. Yeah. In fact, 
Megan, you and I are going to have to talk off mic about how we want to structure the rest of this week's episodes because it's like, well, do you want movie analysis or do you just want me like sobbing into a bowl of chocolate ice cream about feelings? <laughs> because... Why not both? No. It's a treat. <laughs> this this little oh. conversation that begins here. It's like it's like a dating metaphor somehow, right? Like just one thing we have discussed a lot, but I went down the most fabulous rabbit hole is we have talked about how much we love the clothes in this movie. In fact, like 90% of our discussion of Eve so far, I think has been <laughs> what she's wearing. It's mostly what she's been wearing. For yes. good reason. She looks amazing. And I was very confused because I went to IMDb. Look, it's the internet movie database. We do movies. And I looked under ward- costuming and there was one name uncredited. And I was like, whoa. And I looked at Harry Cress, K-R-E-S-S's page. Oh, yes. He's only got five credits. And I mean, like, not for nothing, but like, and four of them are uncredited. I was like, what is going on? Who is this guy? So I decided it was time to look at articles about the costuming in North by Northwest. Oh, yes. It's a fun rabbit hole, isn't it? It is. Oh, the best rabbit hole because the reason Harry Crest is the only one there and he is uncredited is because he mostly was probably making sure extras were attired appropriately. Cary Grant did his suit shopping as Cary Grant does, which to be so fair was kind of like the, yeah. the, the norm of the area. Like the men went, had a couple good oh, suits yeah. made and then they got to keep them. Isn't that nice for them? Right. And he probably went to Savile Row too in London because he was kind of known to frequent that. The tailor's It there. was Seville Road, at least according to the articles I looked at. Yeah, so according to what I read too. Yeah, it was like he went to Seville Road and was like, hick me up. And they're like, you got all the money. Cool, let's do it. Cary <laughs> Grant, you've done this before. We got your measurements. Let's do it. <laughs> it's absolutely adorable. I'm looking at one uh, classique with IQ at the end, dot M-E. Style in film, North by Northwest is from 2012, but... It's got a lot of good pictures. And what I had not realized, because I knew the suits, blah, blah, blah. And quite frankly, in all these, I love how it's always like wardrobe. And then Edith Head's name shows up. (laughs) And it's like, whoever the female lead was, she got the actual styling. And everyone else was just like, are you dressed? Cool. There you go. Except Edith didn't really do a lot, though, because she wouldn't, well, Paramount wouldn't release her. Yes. Right? So her Edith had contract. was doing other stuff, <laughs> was not allowed to work on this. Actually, Hitchcock almost, like, tried to go to bat to get Edith Head over there because the studio was Helen Rose. She was, according to this article, unable to be on set as much as Hitchcock had expected. I don't know what's going on there. Maybe there's some drama that could be cool. <laughs> There, there had been some sketches done for the character of Eve Kendall. There was, you know, some ideas floating around. So it's not like they were starting from scratch, but they weren't going to ha- be able to have someone right there. So he took Eva Marie Saint to Bergdorf's and they went shopping off the rack. And it was apparently completely revolutionary that she walked into the store, picked out a bunch of things that looked fabulous on her and wore them in this movie. They were not made for her. They were just... God, can you imagine? What was on sale <sighs> that day? 
Or which Hitchcock was like, that looks good. Yeah, go with that. Uh, more that. I realized I should not have said what was on sale because that was not right, a consideration. Right, because that would be us, right? <laughs> that would be us. I'd be like, is this last season? Is it like on a discount? Can I? How much does my daughter need a college education? Um. <laughs> yeah. Eva Marie Saint talks about how Hitchcock never wanted clothes to date his pictures. So that made it a little bit easier that like, okay, we already know what you're going for. And you want super simple stuff, basically. Yeah, classic. Yeah. But yeah, that red dress with the roses, this black dress, everything she's worn, it was all bought at the store directly off the models. (laughs) It made me hate her a little bit in a jealousy sort of way. Gotcha. Makes sense. Right? Because like, A, you get to go shopping with Hitchcock, which must have been a very interesting experience, right? Between the salespeople and Hitchcock. To be fair, I don't think I could handle it. But (laughs) I don't know if I could handle it either. But I would have loved to bit a fly on the wall, right? Mm -hmm. And then just the fact that like, she could put on, you know, all those things just look fabulous on her. I mean, I don't know how many dresses and outfits she ended up going through that didn't work out for various reasons, but oh my goodness. Oh, just so jealous. But yeah, it's so funny. Um, I'm also looking at glamamore.com as spelled. Yeah. And it just talks about Savile Road and Hitchcock going shopping. <laughs> And it's Bergdorf Goodman for people who haven't been obsessed with Jackie Kennedy and New York fashion as long as (laughs) Megan and I. I'm trying to think if that was the store. So my junior year of high school, I grew up outside the city and my dad and I went into the city one day um, and my mom has no interest in shopping and neither does my sister and my dad and I don't understand it. So my dad took me shopping for my prom dresses (laughs) and we went into the city and we did, we went to Barney's, Bergdorf Goodman's and something else along there. Bloomingdale's. No. I don't know. It I haven't been Bloomingdale's. And it probably wasn't Macy's. No. Because Macy's feels kind of down. Well, those are downtown. farther down. Like yeah. the street. Um, I ended up buying something in Barney's, which was lovely. I didn't buy anything at Bergdorf's, but I did get to see. Shockingly, they did not have to my size, but I saw the most gorgeous Dior dress on a model but it was $4,000 and I was like I can't even try that on that's a bad idea <laughs> yeah because then that's the one that fits you the best and makes you fall in love and yeah that breaks yeah. your heart and my dad was already being pretty generous taking me into New York to go shopping I was not getting that <laughs> I, I think the dress I ended up getting was like 200 and that was like whoa you spent a lot of money on a dress <laughs> Dang, I didn't even spend that much on my prom dresses, but... Yeah, and actually... I I had one made, and then I bought one at a vintage store. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I should should say, in case people ask for photographic evidence, the dress I ended up getting, I didn't use for prom. I used it for when I went on a cruise, and you know how you have to dress for dinner? Oh, yes. I used it for that, because prom, I ended up just going with a bunch of friends, so I just had, like... A little dress that was no big deal. Anyway, that is not what anyway. the people are here to hear. <laughs> no. Have we talked at all about Eve's hair? I mean, besides the fact that's perfect. No, we have not, other than the fact that it's perfect. <laughs> because I recall coming across... Um, hold on, I'm going to look at my notes here. Okay, so apparently Eva had really long, waist-long hair, and Hitchcock thought, well, it's great that it's blonde, but that's going to basically date you. It's not, it's not exotic enough. So he convinced her to cut her hair. Oh, that amazing. Like, it's not a bob, really, but that cute short haircut because it fit more with a smart, kept, simple, subtle and quiet woman. Well, and she's just so cool. 
I also like in some interviews she um Eva Eva, Eva refers to her uh, him excuse me Hitchcock as Hitch. Oh yeah, she's like Hitch said, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I would like to be on that. Like, I guess you guys really did get along well. Oh well, Hitch said you don't have to cry in this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to be on a first name basis. I want to be on the calling him Hitch basis. That's Truly, so right? much cooler to me. Yeah, there's an interview from 2000 where she goes, when I got the role, I had just given birth to my daughter, Lorette Hayden. So after I lost a few pounds, Hitch began the process of transforming me into Eve Kendall. Hey, that was a factor, but you know it was. He personally oversaw all the detail. Bill, Bill Tuttle's glamorous makeup. Bill Tuttle. Wait, Tuttle? Tuttle? It's Bill Tuttle. Megan. I know. So so if you're like, why, why are Megan and Tierney going like, Tuttle? Where were you in 1973, first of all? <laughs> There's a great MASH episode about a Captain Tuttle who doesn't actually exist, but Hawkeye and Co. kind of convince everyone else that he does exist so they can swindle money to funnel it towards a children's charity. Orphanage. Orphanage, not charity. Well, it is a charity, but... That's one of my top potential pet names. Is Tuttle? Is Tuttle. Yeah. Tuttle. Tuttle's a reformed druid. He can pray at trubs and trees. <laughs> Well, speaking of trees, this scene perfectly demonstrates the last thing that I picked up on reading about the clothing in this movie, which is Cary Grant's in a cool gray suit because Cary Grant is cool Cary and Grant wears gray suits. Off. And one person pointed out, and I don't know whose decision this was, but they're a genius, that the gray of his suits changes throughout his careers and it matches his hair. <laughs> Oh, like, it, you know, it just like as it's just the gray his hair changes, you will see his the grays he chooses also slightly shifting. <laughs> <laughs> but it works because he's just Cary Grant. Yeah, this movie specific, what they pointed out was that most people are wearing grays, blacks. It's all very subdued, and that way, mm. when Eve does wear red or orange, or all of a sudden you're in a different color like it pops more mm, yeah it which i does. think is part of why we've been so obsessed with these cars because they're and now that they they're pop. in the forest <laughs> but yeah now that now that they're standing here in this forest you know i'm looking at second 47 but let's face it everything works for this they blend i mean they they are little trees themselves they fit in perfectly the pine cones look completely natural you know like on the floor all the pine you know some and- production assistant got spent got a to, lot of time got to eat that week from the paycheck of spreading these pine cones out so yes i'll take it i mean i think it looks great honestly i mean i've never been to south dakota i don't know if this is what the forests look like there but in my mind it always will right yeah yeah because how do we even know that there's forests facing mount rushmore too in that direction but it right? doesn't look completely fake like they got real no. pine trees it looks realistic enough that I believe that they are in a forest. I would believe they were in a forest, but as I'm going to talk about tomorrow, good lord, the audio of recording in oh. a box. <laughs> yeah, there's, well, we don't have that yet, so I can, like, naively pretend. Oh, I started noticing it in this minute, but let's save that for another uh, day. Yeah. We gotta keep on happy notes. There's a lot going on in the world. And quite frankly, I could use a little love amongst the trees of truthfulness. (laughs) Right? I mean, you've joked that Hitchcock Hitch was her one and only sugar daddy, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, that's a happy thought, I guess, depending on your viewpoint. Keep an open mind. She did very well for herself. Keep an open mind. (laughs) It just cracked me up. She just stares into Cary Grant's eyes and goes, I asked the professor if I could see you again. (laughs) She's so far away from him. I love it. <laughs> I know, right? 
Like, it's okay, honey. You could get closer. Or, or are you not going to? No, nope, oh, that's... Oh, 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 oh Megan, oh, that's a perfect oh, tease oh. for what the rest of this week is going to be like. <laughs> it is going to be reading body language 101 up in here. Remember the, like, People magazine would do the reading the body language things? Except it was always BS. No. Because it was always like, oh. Would they just, like, would they just get, like, paparazzi pictures and of, like, stars and just go, like, oh, yeah. well, his body language says that he's really into her. And her body language says, yikes. Yeah, know, basically. Like, <laughs> I'm just not that into you. Oh, like what? Oh, but they're into each other. Oh, they're totally into each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you said that, that made me think of the Kool-Aid man. Like, oh, yeah. If the Kool-Aid man burst into the scene, I would cry. <laughs> just a warning. I cry I easily these days. I don't that. need this. <laughs> I can see my husband, like, somehow, if he had video editing capabilities to, like, somehow do that to make try to make me laugh. Aww. Like, oh, oh, professor. And then, hell yeah, Kool-Aid man. Bursting through, like from from like the Mount Rushmore side, just bursting through, like oh yeah. Okay, so that's something to keep an eye on all this week. What would be the worst possible moment for the Kool Aid Man to bust out of that Mount Rushmore, <laughs> land in the forest like superhero style? You know how like they land and they have the fist down on the oh, ground, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, and say, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've hit peak possibility for that yet. I think there no. are times coming up that would be. More ridiculous for that to happen. So that's something to look for. You're welcome, folks. <laughs> or not. Or we're sorry, depending on how you Or we're sorry. It. We're so sorry. Either way, it's all good. It's all good. Either way, there's still going to be all this tension that we get to talk about tomorrow. Oh, so much tension. But if you can't handle the tension any longer, you can get involved on social media and discuss everything and talk about your feelings and help emotionally prepare yourselves for the minutes coming up for the wild ride we are about to go on with Eva Marie Saint and Carrie Grant. That social media is on Facebook. The man on Washington's nose. It is a private Facebook group, but that's to keep out the riffraff selling sunglasses. And if <laughs> Facebook is not your jam, check out Hitchcock Minute on Twitter. And of course, you can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play or at the main site, HitchcockMinute.com. I apologize if in the editing of these episodes, we have not managed to get out my neighbor who is encouraging their dog to do their business right outside my window <laughs> at this moment as we are recording. <laughs> It helps. I haven't heard anything. So, uh, fingers crossed. Maybe it's fine. I just wanted to put that little disclaimer out into the universe because I'm very aware of it as I was saying all that. And Megan. Okay, toss up. Oh, God. To- toddler, neighbor telling their dog to do their business. Toddler, eh, you know, it could be worse, folks. <laughs> These things that, yeah, if you heard someone yelling, uh, Watch it, bub. That was my toddler because that's his new favorite line because it's in a book starring Piggy and Elephant Gerald. These are the things I have to think about when I'm not in this forest. Mo Williams. Oh, yes. So I'm very excited to rejoin you all in this forest next time on the Hitchcock Minute. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.